Last week in the, the Transform Life sermon series that we've been going through, uh, Sid preached about and talked about love. And today we're just going to continue that, what love is in our lives as Christians, and we'll see what that looks like in Romans chapter 13. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 13, uh, verses 11 through 14 is what we'll dissect today. And we're going to look at that and, and, and dissect some words and give some meanings to what they mean and, and all that as we look at that. So let's turn there if you, if you can. One thing I've always enjoyed about playing sports or, or coaching sports is being able to coach or, or play in a big game. There's an excitement, there's an anxiousness, there may be even sweaty palms. Maybe even for some, I never did experience this, but some of you may have been so nervous that you'd throw up uh, before a big game. Or maybe you'd get to that point. If you ever watch sports or uh, today or uh, before they run onto the field or they run onto the court, they may huddle up. And they may have one guy in the middle, and he might say something like, what time is it? And he's expecting the other teammates to say, it's game time. Or they may have a whole other chant that they do. But basically, it's to get the team pumped up, get the team ready to go. So I'm going to say, what time is it? And you're going to say, game time. What time is it? All right, we're going to be talking about that day. What time is it? We're going to look at that question as we look at these verses today. So Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Because besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies or drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or sensuality, not in quarreling or jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. What time is it? It's game time. What time is it? That's the first point you see in, your, in the scripture there. Back again to Romans chapter 13 verse 11 says, Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Knowing the time. Know here. Let's look at the word know. Besides this, you know the time. Uh, there's a great, uh, some of you maybe have done precept Bible studies here, or they do them here in Warrensburg, but there's a great website, it says Precept Austin, and they do a lot of the word studies and a lot of uh, commentaries, you can go to that, uh, it's, it's great, and so here's what they have to say about this word know, it, from, the, from the Greek, know is that perception, that being aware of, the, that understanding, that intu- intuitive knowledge that only the Holy Spirit of God can give, he has given us as believers a spiritual sensu- sensitivity to the shortness of his, this present life in comparison to eternity. And it is a sensitivity that unbelievers do not possess, certainly not in the same way. This knowledge of time is an absolute knowledge, a knowledge that is without a doubt, and ultimately a knowledge that should spur us on to redeem every moment in marked contrast to the lost world which wastes every moment of their allotted time. Think about that, knowing that, knowing the time that we have is short, knowing the time that we have is precious. A great example of just knowing the time is that of the wise men. Could you imagine their excitement when they saw the star? They knew because of their past that there's going to be a star above the city of David where baby Jesus was to be born. So they knew that and they followed that star and they got to see baby Jesus. So it says, know the times. What about time here? The time of some 
decisive event, opportunity, or crisis. The word refers to a certain extent of time which is in some way marked to distinguish it from such stretches of time. John Murray says, time here is not time in general, but a time with distinct significance, a time charged with issues of practical moment. Time here is a season. It's not just the time we think of with our watches or our clocks, chronological time. Not just seconds, minutes, or hours. It's that time, knowing our time, knowing one day Jesus is going to return. Amen? I'm excited about that. Psalm 90, verses 10 through 12 give a great, or great verses on this time and, and life and puts it all in perspective in just these three verses. It says, the years of, your li- of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger or your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. There's one man, as he read through this verse, he really took it in. And he took in the words of, man, 70 years, and maybe even 80 years. Which is to encourage us to number our days. Why? So that we can gain the heart of wisdom. And so what he did is he got a jar of marbles. And he said, okay, I'm going to go and add up for what I have for my rest of my days of my life. I'm going to, for every day that I have till I'm 70 or 80, if, I, if I'm lucky, I'm going to put those all in one jar. So I'm sure it's a lot bigger jar than this for every day. But he put those all in one jar. As he computed that, and every day he took a marble and put it into the jar. Every day for years and years he did that. Until one day, one day, he called his wife in and said, Honey, I'm down to my last marble. Let's go out for supper tonight. Can you imagine every day looking at that marble and knowing that day I either did something with that marble or I wasted that marble every day knowing that God gave us time for a reason through his grace through his love through his compassion through his mercy he gave us time so I guess the question we need to ask for us this morning what are you doing with your time what are we doing with our time are we making it count? Are we even thinking about it? Are we being selfish about our time? Are we out doing what God wants us to do with our time? Are we making and multiplying disciples? Or are we putting marbles in? Just, eh, that day was okay. Whatever about that day. What are we doing with them? We need to think about it. Think about the time that God has given us. Because it goes on to say in the second part of verse 11, what time is it? It's time to wake up is what we see here. It says the hour has come for us to wake from sleep. Sleep here is referred to as lazy, lethargic, non-aggressive Christian life. I don't think any of us want to live that life, do we? I was out at Show Me Christian Youth Home doing the men's Bible study out this last Thursday, and I was sharing a little about what I was going to be preaching about, and 
Chris Runke gave a great example of this. Remember back as a kid and, and you were given chores and you're supposed to be doing something with your time and then the garage door opens and you haven't done a single thing yet. Isn't it crazy how fast you can sweep that kitchen floor before that garage door goes back down or before mom and dad comes in the house? Kids that are in here don't do that, by the way. Got some in here. So the clue here is don't wait for the garage door to open. Our time is precious. And it may be someday too late. We think, oh, we'll just wait for the garage door. I know my cue. Then I can get on it and get going. Jesus Christ is coming back, right? So there needs to be a little bit of urgency in each step, each hour, each minute, each day that we have. There should be an alarm clock going off in our head to wake up. Not to be lazy or lethargic, as that word sleep means, but to do something with it. It's also, it says, it's the time of salvation is near, the last part of verse 11. For salvation is near to us now than when we first believed. First believed here is when we first became a Christian. Erdman's uses a great definition of, of uh, salvation. He uses it in three tenses. The past, the present, and the future. The past was that justification, the removal of the guilt and penalty of, of our sinful life. When we gave our life to Jesus. We, had, had, we heard about him. We believed, so we developed a faith, a trust in what we heard of him. We repented of our sin. We confessed Jesus as Lord, our Lord and Savior. And we were baptized for forgiveness of sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Our past, justification. Our present is sanctification. That continues the process of living out our faith. In which the Holy Spirit puts sin out of our lives. Helps us to produce our own fruit. Gradually conforming us to the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then there's a future glorification, the transformation of our bodies. And I can't wait to have a good back. Maybe be able to play some ball in heaven. No, I don't know how to do Well, I'm not going to care about that. But our future, that second coming, or we die or when we go to be in heaven. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. That's what I want you to key in on that verse. All the more as you see the day drawing near. Each day, each marble that we have make an impact. Gareth Reese in his commentary, he's one of my professors from Central Christian College of the Bible. His commentary on on Romans says, The amount of time left in which men will have an opportunity to do loving things for their neighbors as they help each other prepare for the judgment grows shorter each calendar day. One writer wrote this, it was great. Christian, do you know what time it is? It's later than it's ever been. The death clock is ticking for all of us. Christian, do you know what time it is? It's drawing, it's the dawning of a new day. It's time to put off the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. It's time to take Jesus with you everywhere you go. It's time to get serious about your faith. It's time to stop sleepwalking through life. Look, do you see the first rays of dawn? The night is almost over. The sun is rising. Jesus is coming soon. Have patience, child of God. Your Savior is on the way. Take hope, defeated Christian. The Lord is at hand. Be encouraged, suffering believer. The trumpet will soon sound. Keep believing, struggling saints. Your salvation is near. 
than when you first believed. Christian, do you know what time it is? It's time to wake up and get dressed. So the next what time is it question in verses 12 through 13 is it's time to let our light shine. It says there again in verses 12 and 13, the night of, is far gone, the day is at hand, so then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. So what time is it? It's time to cast off the darkness we see here in these verses. It talks about the night being far gone and day is at hand. Some of you hunters know what this is. You go out in the darkness and you set in your blind and then the day cracks open. You start hearing the rustling of the leaves, those squirrels, and you think it's a deer every time. You start hearing the birds chirping. Day is near. Now, a couple of these moments in my life that, uh, where darkness wasn't the funnest time. Uh, when I was up in Alaska doing my internship up there, the, the, we took the youth group out on this long hike. We had to hike forever, it seemed like. And we got to the spot where we were going to camp. Well, the spot where we were going to camp, there was a cabin. I'm like, oh, good. We get to sleep in there tonight. So, no, the girls got the cabin. And the guy's nylon tents in Alaska, with moose that are this big, not from here to here, but here to there, bear. You think that was fun night sleeping? It was so cold for one thing. It's summertime, and it's like 40-some degrees or maybe 30-some. I'm clothed, fully clothed, but all night long, any hurt noise I heard, oh, it's a bear. Did you hear that? Nylon's not too far from claws to me, to gone. So I could not wait for that daylight to crack over. So I would have a sense of safety. I'd have warmth, but I also have my sight to see. A few months ago, we had a, a, a tough time in our family. And it was, it was a rough few days, weeks. But we had someone try and break in our house. Well, I was actually here trying to pick up Hannah uh, after a youth group event. And as I was driving home, I hear my wife panically calling me. And the two boys are at home. You know, so me thinking, I'm getting home, I'm killing someone. I'm, I'm not lying. I was in panic, and I was like, man, this is not happening, is it? I was like, no, it just has to be something falling in the garage. So I get home, nope, the gate's open. Someone tried to break in our doggy door. So I, I mean, fast alert, Hannah, stay in the van, lock it. I'm going to get the neighbors, it's him and his son, his guns. We're ready to go. Police come and everything, all that. I think I've maybe shared some of this before. But for me, those nights after that was hard to sleep as dad, as the protector of my home. So me and Easton and Sig slept on the front couch. Easton's my bat and Sig's my pistol. <laughs> we slept on the front couch to be the protector of our family for quite a few nights. But I didn't sleep very well for a long time. And it's still hard at times now. Even last night, there's a noise. I got up, checked everything. Everything's fine. All the doors are fine. It's not easy if you've ever had that happen to you. It's not fun. But I couldn't wait for that daylight to crack so I could see the safety. I could see what's going on. And there was a peace and a comfort at that time. It goes on to say that we are to cast off, lay, or, or some versions maybe say lay aside. The word picture here is, is that of taking off for a soldier. At nighttime, they don't sleep in their armor. Can you imagine Jesus' day to have all that armor on and just kind of fall back to your sleeping mode if you had your armor on? But no, it's to cast those off and, and to, to be able to sleep. Some of you have heard of Not a Fan. Maybe you've done the Bible study or read the book from Kyle Eidelman. 
they have a Facebook uh, page, and in their post this week, one of them says, the reason Jesus is so adamant about followers surrendering everything is because the reality is this. The one thing we are most reluctant to give up is the one thing that has the most potential to become a substitute for him. Really, what we're talking about here is idolatry. So is your idol one of the things mentioned in this Romans chapter 13, verses 12 through 13? Maybe your idol is that of sex or of drugs, alcohol. Maybe it's that of pride or maybe your, uh, what, what holds you back. What your idol is trying to keep up with the Joneses. Okay, if I just have what they have. If I just do what they do. Life Application Bible has said this. Paul considers attitudes as important as actions. Just as hatred leads to murder, so jealously leads to fighting and lust to adultery. When Christ returns, he wants to find his people clean on the inside and the outside. And it talks about works of darkness there. These are the deeds that are evil in our lives. Think of the things that maybe you would do at night that you would never do during the day. Think of the things you'd do when you're alone, but you'd never do if you knew there was people in your house or around you. We're to cast those things off like a pair of dirty clothes. Ephesians 5, 8 says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. There's a confidence in that if we walk in children, as children of the light. So what time is it? It's time to put on the light. Put on here is the idea of putting on, clothed with Christ. Putting on that armor now. Because darkness cannot stand the light. We're to put on the whole armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 20 gives us a great picture of this. I'm going to read that. I want you just to think when I... Read through the armor as we put it on. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes for, for your feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel of peace and circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you could extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me. And open my mouth boldly. This should be us too. Boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in chains. That I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So putting on our armor. And it goes on to say in that verse. Walking properly. Every time we go for a walk. Every time we're out. We should be preaching a sermon to ourselves. We should be living a life. That others can see Christ in and through us. Being honest with ourselves. Having mirror checks, looking in the mirror, and what do I see? It's not easy, but it's good for us. And then it goes on to say, as in the daytime, the light. We should live as Jesus has already returned. We should live as Jesus is with us at all times. And bringing our sin to the light. Like a cashier bringing a $100 bill to the light. Is it counterfeit? Or is it real? Are we counterfeit? 
or are we real? All right, what time is it? It's time for us to let our light shine. Why was it so easy for us as children to sing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine? Why was it so easy for us as kids to sing that song, but as adults it's so hard for us to live it out? We could sing it boldly as a kid. We could go out boldly into our schools and to our friends. But as an adult, we want to snuff that thing out. We want to blow it out. We want to hide it under a bushel, as the song says, as Scripture says. But Matthew 5, 13 and 16 says we are to be the salt and the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, you shall, it's, who, who shall, how shall saltiness be restored? It is not, no longer good for anyone except to be thrown out and trampled under their feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand and gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Not glory to self, but glory that goes to God. So let's let our light shine before men. The last thing I want to look at, what time is it? It's time to put on Jesus Christ. It says in Romans 13, 14 again, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So we're to put on Jesus Christ. In Galatians chapter 3.27 and Romans 6.3, that's when we put on Christ was at baptism, it tells us there. But Ephesians 4.24 and Colossians 3.12, they tell us that it's a continual life as a Christian putting on Jesus Christ on the inside and the outside. It's a continual process of letting our light shine. What are some of the ways that we can put on Christ? We could put on his truth. Put on his righteousness, put on his peace, his faith, through him our salvation, and putting on Christ who is the word of God. We can also practice the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. But it also says in this verse there's things that we need to take off. We need to, as this verse says, stop making provisions for the flesh and gratifying the flesh's desires. Or lusts. As Christians, we are, we're still going to struggle. There's going to be struggles we have in our life. Maybe it is our past or our, something in our present or something we're worried about in the future. What we can do is look through the scripture. Anything we deal with, they dealt with in scripture. Find a mentor. Find a mature disciple that can help disciple you. Through prayer. We can do this. So I ask you again, what time is it? Game it's game time. We've lost a lot of marbles in our life, no pun intended, no joke intended, because we have. We've lost a lot of days in our lives. We have a lot left, though. So in closing here, I want you to think about the marbles in your life. And I want you to mentally take this. Maybe you want to just buy a few marbles in a jar and just set it in your house somewhere to be your reminder. Maybe your desk at work, to just to be your reminder of the time that we have and how precious this time is that we have on this earth. If you're here this morning, we're going to have an invitation time. If you're here this morning and you say, man, I just want to like invest my life so that I can put more time towards Christ because I've been living my life for myself. 
and come forward and say, this is the time I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Or maybe you're here this morning as a, as a Christian and you just, man, I've been struggling lately. My time's been wasted a lot. I've put a lot of marbles in that's been wasted. Then come forward and we can pray with you. So let's stand as we sing the invitation song.